Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. He takes being cook to a whole new level. These students can't afford to feed themselves. Do the best you can for your child. And you look around for supports and there's nothing there. Just get up and do our best today and that's all we can do. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696 but definitely another round of the cash cow, more moolah, in association with Man Point Shopping Centre. Also, Fiona's on her travels again for our friends at the new furniture centre in Watercourse Road with another 500 euro voucher. All that to come uh, during the morning. So lots and lots to do. Um, I have to say, I, I was watching the inquest yesterday in Bandon or the outcome of the inquest in Bandon uh, into Conor King's death not so much as a reporter not so much as a radio presenter or gob on a stick call me what you will I was watching it as a parent um, and I was wondering how I would handle it if I was in that position as a parent and I have absolutely no idea none that ever was how I would deal with it so Maura King uh, not only does my heart go out to you as to how you dealt with it but I have absolutely no idea where you find the strength on an occasion like that good morning Maura and our condolences as a team again to you and your family Hi PJ thank you yeah, how do you find the strength? Well, you have no choice. You just keep on going and you put one foot in front of the other and try to have fun every day. Yeah, because that's what Connor did, wasn't it? That's what Connor did. That's what I taught him to do. You know, kindness, fun, simplicity, nature. Yeah. Um, you know, I tried to teach him about the simple things in life. I think I talked to his auntie or somebody after the tragedy. Um, Denise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and like he was, you know, Leo has, um, oh, sorry, Connor has a cousin. I'm getting confused now. Connor has a cousin, Leo, and I'm gone off on a tangent now when you talk about kindness. Okay, okay. Leo has autism, and Connor minded. Leo all through the COVID because Leo and my sister had nobody to mind Leo. All the services had shut down. Yes. And Connor, in his be- he had a beautiful new car. He'd drive out to Waterfall. He had a special letter to enable him to travel. And he'd go out to Waterfall to mind Leo. And he'd spend the whole day with him. And he'd send pictures of him and Leo to his girlfriend saying, bros. Yeah. And that service is gone too. No, Leo has nobody. Anyway, that I'm gone off on a tangent. No, I didn't Maura, even plan Maura, that. You, you, you take this wherever you want to go. We have as much time as you need. And yeah, wherever you want to go. that's just kindness. And they're mm-hmm. just the, 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 the values that I tried to pass on to Connor, that I did pass on to Connor. And that's why he was so loved. Yeah. And that's he was loved because he was such fun. 
Yeah. And he was kind to all the boys that came to the house when he died. We waked him here at home and they came in droves in and out. Um, <clears throat> and everybody had a beautiful story to tell about Connor's kindness. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's just something that, you know, I mean, we'll talk about Gary's kindness, the boy who went on to save oh, him. Stop. It's incredible. Yeah. Kindness, bravery. Wow. Yeah. Really, I, I'm just, you know, I was always, I was always overawed, in awe of my son. I often said, God, and my prayers, and I'm not even religious, but you know, when you have these thoughts in your head, you find yourself talking to somebody out there, and even though you say I'm not religious, yeah. I'd say, God, help me be more like Connor and Anya, you know, so kind, so... I don't know, it's just so simple. Just, you know, life is simplified into having fun yeah. and um, and being kind. Yeah. No, he was had a love for the finer things in life, <laughs> like his fancy car and his fancy yeah. clothes. And, you know, it's to try and teach him that they're not that important. And I knew, I always said, when he gets older, he'll dispose of all that stuff. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he'll come back to, you know, he loved animals. He loved kids. He loved fun. He loved the sea. My God, he loved the sea. <gasps> he surfed all day that day with with, yes. with Mark Scanlon. <laughs> the waves, the waves were something like from Hawaii, and they had the most beautiful day all that day. I remembered the day. It was a beautiful, beautiful spring day. It was, and it was the end of COVID and the start of the summer, and oh, hey, hey, like it was just all the boys coming together. All that crowd, they'd all been to Canada together. They'd. They had. They were up in Mount Oval in Broadale um, on bodyboards when when we had the snow. You know, it was like something from I don't know mm. Austria or something uh, a few years ago. They just had the most fun. Yeah. And always, even in Broadale, with Patrick Patch, if he's listening in, skating down the hills in Broadale, like we always just seized the day. We did. I know the hill. And we still do. Yeah. We still do. You know, yes. myself and Anya and my friends and my sisters, we still go. You know, I go swimming every day. Yeah. I'd be swimming, no PJ, if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But you my can... lovely swimming friends. Yeah. So, how do you sit in, in a courtroom, Maura, and, and hear the details of how your beloved, beautiful son died? Um, I don't know. Uh, you just do what you have to do. Um, you know, I thought of my beautiful son, Connor. I, you know, um, I kind of get composed like a mother. The motherness in me comes up. I, I, I look after my son. This is my duty. And also I think of all the other mothers and their beautiful boys that were there. Mm. And to give them courage, you know, to put this... Not so much behind them, but to embrace it, to embrace the times they had and to be grateful for the life they have now. Yeah. And that's, they're my core beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? The, the, the coroner, or the pathologist rather, and I've, I've heard Dr. Bolster give testimony at countless inquests myself. And to be fair to the woman, for the extraordinary difficult task she has, she delivers with as much compassion as she can muster. 
did, did, did her words soothe you that he did not or would not have suffered and it would have been almost instant? Absolutely. I, I, I kind of knew it already from the boys. Um, but I have to say about Margaret Bolster, I'm hearing impaired. And yeah. so yesterday was um, physically difficult for me because I couldn't hear. I had to move around the court room a number of times to hear what was being said. Um, the coroner, Frank O'Connor, very kindly gave me the statements beforehand so that I could read and know what was coming up, you know. Mm. But uh, Margaret Bolster, she looked at me, she she spoke so clearly to me. She obviously understands hearing impairment Um so I heard what she said, and yes, it is a comfort to me um, that he didn't suffer. Mm. And I kind of knew it already, you know. Yeah. Um, you hear these things as a mother. Yeah. You, you, you just. I have met some other strong mothers, Cameron Blair's mother, um, other mothers who have reached out to me, who have all unfortunately been through this, and you just muster up your courage. Yeah, it's the old and mama bear, it. isn't it? Sorry? It's Mama Bear. It is. It is. You know? And you have no choice but to just keep going. Yeah. You know? And beautiful friends I have that have held me. Yeah. That come and cry with me and they laugh with me. And they're, you know, and it's the understanding in grief, you know, that you can cry one second and you can laugh the next second. I never knew that. I never wanted to know it. But, you know, um, my God, the, 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 the friends that understand that, they're the ones that have held me the most, you know, that there's a need to have fun in life. Yeah. There's a need to continue your life. You know, it's changed. Yeah. Um, but I'm still alive. I can still walk. I still have so many gifts that, you know, other people haven't. So... That's where the kindness comes in, you know. Do, do, do you, do you know the thing that, that when I was reading the accounts and listening to the accounts yesterday, the thing that I went, oh my God, you're joking. The blowhole, Maura, is still open and still mm. exposed. I know. I How know. did you feel hearing that? I know it because I go up there on occasion. You know, I had to go up there the first time on my hands and knees because I've always been afraid of heights. And of course, with the the awfulness of that, my son fell from that height. I actually went up there on my hands and knees because I I felt so insecure up there. I've been on to Seamus McGrath, um, and Seamus is very helpful. Um, he's been on to the council. This is back in July. Yeah. The council said they don't own it. Um, somebody else owns it. All this, is, you know, it's irrelevant who owns it. <laughs> There's a responsibility, sorry. That's There's right. a responsibility to um to the people mm. to protect to protect them. I know it was a stupid place to have a fire and a party, but it's what happened and it it happens because that that fire pit was already there. It's still there. People continue to go up there. Yes. You know, and I'm not saying people shouldn't go up there, yeah. but it should be protected. You know, I was just talking to the owner of land that's a, that runs onto it a while ago because I phoned him to just make him aware of what the coroner said. Um, like the coroner said that it should be fenced off yes. and that it was quite obviously a place where people go 
so it's quite obviously a place that should be fenced yeah. off. How, how frustrating but, like, is uh, it? The person I spoke to said, oh, it's a right away, da 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 It's not. I'm not asking people to close off the right away because it is a beautiful walk. I'm just saying to protect the edge, to yeah. prevent people going over the edge. How, how frustrating Kids, is it? It's only like 500 metres from Garrettstown, from from the the beach that has the big wall in it, you know, the one that leads I from Ballinspittle. So any kid who wanders off from their mum or any teenager who's going on a little adventure with his buddy can go up there and fall. Yeah. Like, they only have to be gone from their parents for 10 minutes and they're at that blowhole. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It must be very frustrating that nearly a year later nearly only weeks from from his anniversary really that this is still open and they're at the best they can do and i'll say this i'm not putting words in your mouth but the best they can do is argue about who owns the blasted land yeah yeah and it doesn't matter who owns it no it should be fenced off it doesn't matter what red tape you know, it should be fenced off. The rapid response guys said it. The coroner said it. I said it last year, you know. Mm. Well, here's hoping someone somewhere is listening and will act with common sense rather than just worrying about... I mean, like if they just went up and put up a fence and then the owner come back and fight them, well, that's fine, but just put the damn fence up and they can deal with that stuff afterwards, I would have thought. Yeah, I actually considered fundraising to put a fence up myself. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I shouldn't have to do stuff no, like you that. Should so, not. You know? No, you shouldn't. The, the, the fear, like you said, and you've articulated it so well, the fear is another family will have to go through what you're currently going through. Yeah. There was special word yesterday, um, and I remember at the time reading about Gary and what Gary did. There are no words for what he did. Yeah, I knew I knew what Kerry did. Obviously, the 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 day after Connor died, um, and even on the night we were told that another boy was involved and was seriously ill. And anyway, so he came round quickly because from hypothermia, you know, um, it happens quickly. We'd go one way or another, you know. So yeah. luckily, Gary survived. Um, thanks be to God, he did. But what an incredible, incredible guy he was here. All through the the wake, um, there was uh, somebody. It appeared somebody was at the wake with COVID, so there was a huge who haves and oh my god, how could this happen to us? And around the back, down the side of our house, comes this nice and shiny armor, an angel, Gary Barris, with a handful of PCR um, antigen tests, and they were quite difficult to get at the time. This is going back last yeah. year, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and he went up the back of the garden and gave Anya a PCR or a, an antigen test and whoever else was around. And then they all went down to Middleton. There was a walk-in centre down there. And anyway, their tests all came back negative. But I said, my God, there's Gary again. He's just incredible. He has cropped up in our lives so many times since. He is so kind to us all and for, for, to Anya. For listeners... That mightn't remember Maura. He climbed down, got into the sea. He's a lifeguard himself. Swam yeah. in, and yeah, he did more hit. than that. The boys were climbing. We're going down the side. If you go down the the side of the cliff, you're going to fall. 
So he stopped them from going down there. He went down onto the beach, approached them, approached the blowhole from the seaside, mm-hmm. as in the water side, and it was like nearly midnight. <laughs> so he was going into dark sea. He had to swim into the blowhole. He had to go underwater. And when he went in there, um, the boys were shining their phones down um, for light. Now, it's down 50 feet, so you can imagine there's not much light actually reaching the bottom. They could see Connor before he went in, but when he went in the waves, the tide was starting to come in, so Connor got washed um, into another part of the blowhole, so Gary had to search for him. Um, Gary found him, put him on a ledge, and started CPR, and he continued CPR for 40 minutes, and every time a wave would come in and wash over them, Gary would cradle Connor and uh, continue on with CPR. And uh, then when the rapid response team and the Coast Guard came down, um, Gary was still holding Connor. He didn't want to let his friends go um, until they all went up together, you know. Um, I just, like, the comfort that is to me. Yeah. I, I, I can't. And, and to Eamon and to Anya, that somebody so beautiful and that Connor's friend did that in his last moments no he was he was, he was Connor died on impact but that Gary was there if there's a spirit or whatever that Gary was there my god it's jeepers Gary knows he knows and he's such a humble boy he he puts his head down he doesn't want to hear us you know he, he just you know and he's just such an amazing amazing boy his family are but um you know, they're just incredible. Or he's just incredible. Such, and Connor would have done it for him. I've no doubt Connor would have done it for him. And Gary, Gary would say that as well. They're just such an a kind of the family feeling yes. in that group of boys was incredible. And that's why I spoke so personally to the boys yesterday because they're just they were all like brothers, you know. And I would hate, and Connor would hate. Um, this to mar anybody's life, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm determined for it not to destroy my life. Yes, it has changed my life, yes. but it's not going to destroy my life, you know. How is the rest of the family doing? Oh, and yeah, she's great. She's she's amazing, you know. That's what she's doing. She's getting on with it. She's trying to have fun. And, mm. um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's catastrophic what has happened to us. And yes, we can have fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Eamon is, you know, um, men back to work and head down and keep working, um, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's just, you know, it is what it is and you just keep going. Yeah. You just keep going and, um, you know, held by friends. How, yeah, how, held do, you, by how friends do you pass the time yourself? How do I pass the time? I get up, I... I have a quick cup of tea, pack my bags for the beach and I head off to Myrtleville and I might swim a kilometre or two, a kilometre and a half a day with my beautiful swimming friends. Ah, the Myrtleville um, swimmers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I have tea and I walk and I walk and I talk and I talk. <laughs> and that brings me up to about two o'clock 
And uh, the day, the afternoon then goes with busy stuff or whatever. I actually work as well in between. I work three days a week in um, Cork Mental Health. Yeah. And coming into the brighter mornings, now I'm going to try and get um, a 6.30 or a 7 a.m. swimming so I can yeah. um, make it into work in it's, time. It's, and my it's, employers have been amazing. They allow me to bring my dog to work because during COVID, I was in the office on my own and I said I couldn't cope being on my own. And my boss, um, Brendan, thank you, um, said, you can bring her dog in. So then when they came back, they said I could continue to bring my dog in. Everybody knows Bobby down on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> he had, he was a rescue dog. I just got him before Connor died. And um, he used to bark at Connor, yeah. like, because he barked at everybody except for me. Yeah. And Connor said, Mom, you have to do something about this. And I said, no, you have to do something about that. So about 20 minutes later, Connor called me into the coach. Come in, come in, come in, look. And there Bobby was belly to belly on Connor's, on Connor's belly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bobby has been a special dog. How can I be talking about a dog? <laughs> but, but anyway, but there he's a great go, comfort to Mara, me. Maura, you know, uh, the, 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 the dog is part of what gets you through the day. So there, Connor, it's easy to see if you tell me about swimming, Con- where Connor got his, his love of nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We spent our, our I when I picked Connor up from the crash, she was in the crash in Besbra. I'd go down to they actually had a public crash, you know. Mm. I'd go out of work at three, I'd fly over, collect him and bring him in the rocket tot down to Rocky Bay. And then when Anya was born, we'd we do the same thing and um like <laughs> I had a bit of a beach bum in me um, and yeah we spent our days on the beach and now I just kind of get so much comfort being there I get so much comfort from just watching the the continuity of the sea that it's constant watching the birds that they're constant that my life uh, something terrible has happened in my life but yet the birds are still yeah. going to my bird feeder the waves are still rolling the sand is still there just yeah. the constancy of it is very yeah. comforting it's very grounding is, is, is you is your work with nature as well do I hear yeah um i do gardens as well um yeah. and um you've, i don't know if you've probably all heard of bevine and uh, irene o'connor yes. who's doing the heart spoken angel foundation irene. spoken to irene yeah, yeah. Yeah, Irene is, was my, my niece's, or Bevine was my niece's uh, best friend. And I remember at the time going, oh, my God, oh, my God, that poor mother. Oh, my God, how can she cope? And, you know, not knowing that it was around the corner for me. But um, so I heard Irene was doing a garden. I thought it was in her own garden, a memory garden for Bevine in her own garden. So I texted her and said, if you want some help with that, I'll help you. Yeah. And... Um, I did sensory garden, sens- a few sensory gardens in different schools. Um, so anyway, so as it happened, it turns out to be in Carrigaline Community Park. Yes. So we're working on the design at the moment, and I'm actually meeting JJ Brown today. If you're there, day- JJ, make sure you make it on time, because it's so difficult to get anybody to do anything now. Did you have a connection um, at one point was called Trieste, Maura? I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you why I know. I my boy remembers I know, you. I know, I know, I know, I oh. know. He remembers you. And uh, he remembers me, does he? he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I taught the gardening there. Yeah, and I did the sensory garden there. And in St. Columbus as well. Yeah. But because it, 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 all expansion, sure, it's all been dismantled. But um, yeah. 
yeah. and sure Liam Ryan, who's uh, by Paul. Um, and Liam paid for most of that stuff and we're back to kindness again. Like yeah. he never asked. And like Gary Barris, these people don't even ask for thanks. No. They just do all this stuff. Incredible yeah. community people. Yeah. And, you know? and your own boy. Yes, Liam Ryan of super same. value. Yeah. I know Liam. Yeah, your Connor was just the same. And the love among the group of friends, I think that's what's getting them through. And in a way, it seems to be what's getting you through, more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Un, un, it's unreal. It's, it's just unreal, the guys who... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just... Yeah. Come back to the central message that you wanted to get across this morning, and that is to please, please, please do something before we're into spring, before we're into beautiful days like last April. Yeah. Do something yeah. about that blowhole. Do something about that blowhole. And please don't don't go yet, because I want to say about Rochestone Park. Connor was a, a, the lifeguard in Rochestone yeah. Park, and they're organising a swim. Now, it's booked out because Connor knew so many people, and um, but it's to raise funds for the West Cork Rapid Response. And um, we've raised, I don't know, about 30,000 already, because Imelda Marshall, she did a fantastic run. Sure. Last just shortly after Connor died, but uh, Roaches Tom Park, Connor's buddies, they're just incredible, incredible. Oh, they've been so good to us, Roaches Tom Park. Actually, the manager from Roaches Tom Park, the time of Connor's way, came up and filled our bath with ice and then filled it with, with bottles of wine and whatever. And the day, because remember, we're COVID times, the day after the funeral, I came home here, there's boxes of meals brought up. Like they sent all the food up to the house, not a question asked. Just, just the kindness of people has been incredible, and his beautiful friends. Um, yeah. So that's Roaches Town Park West Cork Rapid Response. What was the other thing we have to get them all in? Um, I don't know. More. Oh, the message that we get that fenced off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked you at the start how you get through days like yesterday and I think I know from chatting to you for the last 20 minutes how you do it because you've got an incredible inner strength yourself again the condolences my condolences condolences of the team here at 96 FM condolences personally from my own family and thank you for the things you did for James back in the day and I just hope that okay. I just hope that that, that that you get all you deserve from life um, oh thanks PJ you know, and, and you too and, and you and too Bob, and that Bobby Bobby, maybe 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 uh -huh. a little bit of Connor lives on in Bobby. Uh maybe, maybe. A funny thing, Bobby went missing a yeah. few day a few weeks after Connor died down in Myrtleville and the whole of Myrtleville, Bonnie Canellan's Facebook page, everything was buzzing with people looking for Bobby, but we found him anyway. <laughs> oh, but again, it's people kind of getting together, helping helping each other out. I don't know how the tide is, maybe we missed it, but off you go and have your swim, Maura. All right, thanks. Thanks, PJ. Take care of yourself. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The 
Premier League Live, powered by Talk Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online at 96fm.ie. Tune in Saturdays as we ramp up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre-match analysis, live commentary, and in-depth interviews with some legends of the sport. Number one, that's top of the league. The Premier League Live. With now, stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. Listen every Saturday, exclusively online at 96fm.ie or download the Corks 96FM app. Corks 96FM. Yeah, and a 36-year-old man says this message, and this is bringing a tear to my eye and a lump to my throat. I'm here at work. All I want to do is go home and hug my family. Such a tragic accident. The strength that Maura has to keep going every day is just phenomenal. Kate says, I don't know where she gets the strength from. Let her know we're all thinking of her. Uh, on WhatsApp, it's no wonder Connor was loved by all when you hear his beautiful mom speaking. May he rest in peace. My heart hurts for this mom, says another message. Fence off this place before someone else has to go through this heartbreak. Oh my God, what a beautiful mother. I'm heartbroken listening to your PJ and Connor's beautiful friends. Yeah, it, and, and the fact that the fact that that blowhole is still open and Connor's anniversary is in what? It's in less than eight weeks. Less than eight weeks is his anniversary. And that blowhole is still open. And if we're to listen to Maura and what she's been hearing, the best they can do at county council is argue about who owns the land. That's the best they can do. I nearly a year on from when he died. It says an awful lot about the way things work in this country, doesn't it? 0818-969696. Happier note, my friends, all this week with €500 Euro a day to give you from the Furniture Centre on Watercourse Road, helping you to transform your home. There are custom-made Irish suites, dining furniture and mattresses, and in just four to six weeks, you can take delivery of an Irish-made sofa. With €500 Euro every single day this week on the programme, it's a family-run business for over 40 years, and we're celebrating that with them. Now, Fiona is on her travels again. Yesterday, it was too easy. <laughs> Way too easy. I don't know about today. I think you'll get it just as handy today. But that's the fun of it. So, 083-396-9696. Your name and where Fiona is today. Today, I am in the centre of a park. There are lots of lovely flowers and a playground. And ahead of me, there's a stage and a museum. Where am I? Will we go again? Today I am in the centre of a park. There are lots of lovely flowers and a playground. And ahead of me, there's a stage and a museum. Where am I? Where is she? 083 396 96 96. Your name and Fiona's location. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Let's go! We roll out the biggest hits. Weeknights from 8 on Cork's 96FM. The Hit Mix. Hits from the best music mix. The Hit Mix. The Hit Mix. 
Hit Mix with Shane Bucks. Weeknights, 8 till late. Only on Cork's 96 FM. I had a conversation on the opinion line earlier in the week with Tina, who was telling me her experience with hyperemesis during her first couple of pregnancies. And we were talking about the, the drug or the tablet that's out there that you know, can make life easier if you have hyperemesis, but it's so expensive and it's not on the medical card and it's not covered by the drug treatment card. So it can cost a couple of thousand euro to keep yourself going through a difficult pregnancy with this drug. Um, and we got a big response and at Hyperemesis Ireland, their phones have been hopping. I want to go to the UK first, to Dr. Caitlin Dean, uh, who is one of the uh, leading experts in this condition. Is it fair to say, Dr. Dean, that it was really, it was through Kate Middleton's own personal story that this came into most people's consciousness? Because unless you knew about it, you'd never heard of it. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly uh, the Bachelors of Community Bridge suffering um, helped to raise awareness of the condition. Um, but there's a, that, that was a slightly double-edged sword. Um, at the time, women were also being accused of sort of being a bit of a princess. Um, and, and such kind of nonsense as it being fashionable and so on. The bottom line is that the condition has been around for, um, you know, 2,000 years or more. There's, there's documented evidence of, of hypermesis. It's certainly not um, a new thing, but there is, thankfully, greater awareness um, of it now. Um, and, I mean, it, you know, it used to be a leading cause of death for women in early pregnancy. So, um you know, it, it, it needs to be taken more seriously, which it hasn't really been done for the last few decades. Yeah. Do we know what causes it, firstly? And secondly, can you predict whether someone is going to have it? So that, that's a tricky question. One of, the, one of the problems with conditions that we don't um, fully understand why they occur is that they often get put down to being psychosomatic and so on. Um, and the, it's not a, a psychosomatic condition. It's, it's very much a biological condition. Um, and it, it has a strong genetic element. There's, there's been recent research looking at the genetics um, involved in it. And um, we know that if your mother or your sister had it, you've got a much higher chance of suffering with it. And if you've had it once, then the, you've got a very, very high chance of getting it again. Um, but the actual sort of nitty-gritty of the genetics is it's, it's slightly complicated um, and it's probably not worth trying to get into on the radio. About yeah, yeah. The, but, uh, but I think maybe the simplistic question I was trying to get to was, is there a way when a, a woman is either trying to get pregnant or has just found herself pregnant, that is there a way she can predict this and, and, and might be able to take well, some like medicine say, to prevent it? If she had it before, um, then you, she should be assuming that she will have it again and ideally be getting on treatment very early to get ahead of the symptoms. Um, if she, if her mother or her sister had it, then, then it would be worth being sort of mentally prepared for the fact that it's very likely to happen. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it can be quite random. Um, I mean, you know, certainly I, I never, my mother and sister didn't suffer with it. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, into my first pregnancy that I realised that this was a condition I was suffering with. Um, so unfortunately, we can't necessarily get ahead of it unless you've had it before, in which case early treatment can definitely um, sort of... <sighs> make it more manageable. Yeah. It doesn't cure it, but it, it makes it more manageable. Comparing our situ- situation in Ireland to, say, the NHS in the UK, where there is a, there is a drug or a, a treatment that, that can lessen the impact here, but it's very expensive. It's not covered by any of our treatment plans and not available on, on the medical card. What's the situation in the NHS, Caitlin? 
Yeah, so, um, I mean, once you're pregnant in the UK, all of your prescriptions um, are free um, at, at, the point, at the point that you're picking them up. So um, we don't have this issue with, with the, the, the cost to the woman suffering. We do, our women in the UK do still ha- have barriers to treatment. Um, to do with the stigma of the condition, the sort of the lack of belief and validation in the condition. But ultimately, if you get prescribed a medication here, um, you, you go to the pharmacy and you pick it up for free. Um, and, it, and it's certainly considered cost-effective to yeah. be um, treating it rather than having her admitted to hospital um, and so on. Yeah, and that's that's, a, that's much different to hear. Uh, stay there, Dr. Dana, bring in... Nicola Offord of Hyperemesis Ireland, where we hear that the phones were hopping since we covered this the other day. How prevalent is it in the country, Nicola? Good morning. Hi, good morning. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, yeah, so hyperemesis affects roughly um, sort of 1% to 2% of, of pregnant women. In Ireland, that's around 600 to, to 1,200 women a year. Um, but, you know, it, it, that's at the very sort of extreme end, you know, a, a number of other women sort of up to that point, you know, w- will have quite a rough time with nausea and vomiting of pregnancy as well. And I think research that um, Caitlin did actually think in the UK showed that I think up to around 30% of women in paid employment um, will need to take some time off work to deal with nausea and vomiting of pregnancy. There's a story actually breaking here on the wires as as we speak, where Michael McGrath, the Minister of Public Enterprise, has strongly hinted there'll be some movement shortly on access to drugs. That would be great news. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're really on the edge of our seats. We've seen a, a couple of these announcements recently. I think the Minister for Health in a um, uh, party, parliamentary party meeting the other day said there was good news coming soon. Um, Michael McGrath yesterday saying, um, you know, there's there's likely to be an announcement soon. I mean, really, we're just on the edge of our seats. You know, it, we're hearing all these positive noises. It all sounds quite encouraging. But, you know, we really just need to see the detail and we need to see what's being proposed. And I guess the simple comparison with the, the UK as Dr. Deem has pointed out, like it's 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 chalk and cheese the difference. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, I, you know, women are, are aware of that. Um, it's very frustrating. We support women who've taken mortgage payment breaks to afford this medication, who've given up rented accommodation, moved back in with their parents, women who have um, taken out loans um, to, to be able to afford it, and I suppose worryingly, also women who've not taken their prescriptions and ended up going back into hospital over and over again, women who've rationed their prescriptions, um, and I suppose the other thing we we really worry about is that women look to potentially unsafe ways of procuring the drug. If they can't afford it, they start Googling online, they start looking abroad. Um, and and that, that's a real worry for us as a charity. Okay, well, we'll be watching that one with interest. To you, Nicola Offord, and to Dr. Caitlin Dean in the UK, thank you both. Uh, Dr. Dean's written a book called The Definitive Guide to Hyperemesis Credivarium. Uh, try my good friend in Waterstones, uh, John Breen, or any other decent bookshop, you may be able to pick that up. But thank you both. Uh, 0818 96 96 96. So, where it... <laughs> they, they rang! I... It's a text or WhatsApp competition, and still they, and still they ring. Now, yesterday I did mess up a bit because I gave out the phone number, not intending you to ring it for the competition, but they did anyway. So one more time, this is text or WhatsApp only, and people are falling over one another to get to their phones to text in. So where is Fiona today? Today I am in the centre of a park. There are lots of lovely flowers and a playground, and ahead of me there's a stage and a museum. Where am I? 
Okay. 083 396 96 96. Keep it coming and we'll draw a winner before the end of the programme. Now, the trial of James Brady, who is accused of the murder of Timmy Howrahan, Cork chef, in October of 2019. That is continuing at the Circuit Criminal Court, which is sitting in Waterford. And Liz Dunphy is covering it. Liz from the Irish Examiner, as she joins me with the latest. Liz, good morning to you. Good morning, how are you doing? Good. Where are we with this trial now? So, after almost four weeks, the trial is is nearing its conclusion at this stage, really. Um, yesterday, we had the beginning of closing statements from um, the prosecution. So, Siobhan Lankford, who is SC for the state, said, um, basically explained to the jury yesterday that they did not have a, an easy task ahead of them, that they will shortly have to decide um, whether James Brady, who has been, who has pleaded not guilty to the murder of of um, Timothy Horahan um, is guilty of um, of murder, whether he should be acquitted or whether he should be uh, convicted of manslaughter. She said that this manslaughter conviction could be brought if they believed that Mr. Brady had some involvement in an assault but did not intend to cause serious harm or death to Mr. Horahan. Basically, the, the case um, relates to a really tragic and, and vicious mur- um, killing which took place Back in on October thirteenth, twenty nineteen, it was um, in an area of Maradyke Walk, an area very popular with for recreation in Cork City. A lot of your listeners will be very familiar with the area. Yeah. I think it's um, yeah by the skate park, by the River Lee, kind of opposite the main gates to UCC. Basically, back in twenty nineteen, there was um, a kind of a, a camp essentially that was set up at the time by people who were homeless. I think a lot of people will remember it. And the, the people who were involved in this case were, were staying in this camp essentially at the time, including Mr. Brady, um, who has been charged with murder um, and who is on trial at the moment. He's age 28 and he is from Shannon Lawn in Mayfield. And Mr. Horahan, who, who was a chef, um, formerly a successful chef and a father of one, but had fallen on hard times and was homeless at the time of his death, um, was also also living there at the time. So, so there's there's a lot of conflicting evidence in this case, and it's a complicated trial as well because there are two men who have been charged with Mr. Horahan's murder, mm-hmm. but one of them, one of those men who, who's cannot be named at the moment for legal reasons, his trial is going to take place later on in the year. So this case, this this trial at the moment is just looking at um, Mr. Brady's alleged involvement or lack of involvement in in this um, particular criminal um, incident. Um, basically, there's there's a lot of conflicting evidence. So some of the kind of damning evidence against Mr. Brady at the moment would include two eyewitness accounts, um, which both say that they saw Mr. Brady repeatedly kicking and stamping on Mr. Horahan as he lay on the ground with another man who, who is on, cannot be named at the moment. However, other other eyewitnesses said that that's not what they saw. They saw Mr. Brady hanging back. There was also reports of Mr. Brady asking people to call an ambulance for Mr. Horahan. So that's that's an area of um, conflict, I suppose, that the jury mm. is going to have to really examine and analyse and pick apart. Yeah. Also, forensic evidence um, did find that there were contact blood stains on Mr. Brady's on the, the kind of tongue and the, around the laces of the right shoe, and also 
on both sleeves of the jacket he wore that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, John Hode, the forensic scientist, explained that contact blood traces were left when the item came into contact with wet blood. So that that could be deemed as as um, somewhat damning evidence against Mr. Brady. Also, there happened to be a couple who were walking past um, what would be the crime scene that night, really in the seconds kind of before the assault. They said that they saw, well, the woman in the couple said that she saw a young man who the state contends was Mr. Brady pointing and shouting aggressively at an older man as he approached um, three people who were standing by this kind of tented camp area just off Maradike Walk. Um, CCTV places Mr. Horahan at that point at that time and Mr. Brady and and two other individuals. So, um, but Mr. Brady then says that no, he was had been back in the camp for some time, that he was at his tent. When Mr. Horan approached, he offered him a can of alcohol. They were talking amicably for some time. And then another man began the assault mm-hmm. on Mr. Horan. So there's a lot of really conflicting evidence yes. here. It, it's not an easy job for the jury. Yes. Today, um, Today, Ms. Ms. Langford, um, Senior Counsel for the State, will finish her closing statements. And then um, Senior Counsel for the Defence, Vincent Heenahan, is due to begin his closing statement. So there will be a lot for the jury to take in today. Then um, the judge, um, Ms. Justice Deirdre Murphy, um, will summarise the case and uh, charge the jury but that's probably not likely to happen until tomorrow so at this stage it's impossible to tell when a verdict will be due but Mm. it's it's kind of widely expected that it might not be until next week because there's just so much evidence possibly not before the weekend that that Judge Murphy might eventually send the jury away to consider a verdict given as you say there's so much to go through and it's a long and and it's a long process Liz thank you very much for that but that's trial of James Brady charged with the murder of Timmy Howard entering its final stages prosecution sum up then defence sums up then the judge sums up and does what's called charge the jury in other words instructs them on their job and sends them out to consider a verdict which may or may not happen before the close of business for the week but certainly uh, we're going to be into next week before we get a verdict thank you Liz 0818 96 96 96 Can we just talk the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Cork's 96FM has a shiny new phone number. 0818 Save it to your phone now. 0818-969696. The new number to call Corks 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, Premier League Live, by the way, back this Saturday at 96FM.ie with Trevor Welsh and the team, all part of by Talk Sports. You find it on the app or at 96FM.ie. Live coverage this Saturday of Leeds versus Spurs. That's at half 12. Brentford v Newcastle at 3. Everton against Manchester City at half past 5. It's the Premier League Live Online with Now. You can stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. Your sport on your terms. Stream only the games that matter to you most with Now. 
and listen Saturday on the app, Cork's 96FM app, or indeed go to 96FM.ie. Here's a suggestion uh, following my interview with Maura. I love this suggestion, actually. Hi, I was listening with most sadness and interest to PJ and Maura. I had an idea. Maybe we could fundraise a sculpture or something, like for a whale, a sculpture of a whale, maybe, to cover the blowhole, thus eliminating the danger and creating an attraction. Maybe the council would be agreeable. This would be a good reason to fence it off while the artwork's being done. It could be dedicated to Connor and others, maybe, who lost their lives. Just an idea, says Steve. It's a fabulous idea, Stephen. It's a fabulous, fabulous idea. The association between whales and and blowholes and all that. Yeah, that's a fabulous idea. Just do something about it before the springtime and before the lovely weather and before people will go out surfing and swimming and, and all that again. Just do something about it. 0818-969696. Now, Mick Cronin is a man from Kishgame who worked in construction all his life uh, until last November when he suffered a very, very nasty and life-changing fall. Uh, Ryan McCarthy. Ryan, good morning to you. Tell me about your friend, Mick. Good morning, PJ. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, well, look, I suppose Mick is... Um Mick is the kind of guy that I think uh, most people in, in every community can relate to. Um, he's just a happy-go-lucky kind of a character. A pure gentleman, uh, a volunteer, heavily involved in, in Bishopstown GA Club. Um, uh, his life really centres around the GA, his work, his family. Uh, his wife, Karen, works in a city centre school there, PJ, and uh, Sean and Alva attend local schools as well. But on the 18th of November, unfortunately, PJ, we were devastated to learn he'd had a very bad fall at work um, just the day before his 52nd birthday. Mm. And that has resulted in, in life-changing injuries, uh, uh, as you've said. Mm. So unfortunately, due, due to the fact he broke two vertebrae at the back of his neck, uh, he, he's left with no, no movement from the shoulders down, unfortunately. Wow. Now, it was very much touch and go for, for quite a long time. How is he now? Uh, he, his condition has improved a bit now, uh, PJ, thankfully. He, he was 10 weeks uh, on a ventilator. Uh, he couldn't move his diaphragm, so he lost that ability to breathe on his own. And look, it's a sign of mixed strength uh, and mixed character. Uh, he eventually was weaned off the ventilator. He's learning how to eat again. He's receiving physio in CUH. And, uh, and last night we received great news as well, PJ, that uh, he's next to be transferred to the National Rehabilitation oh, Centre in Dunleary. Brilliant. So, like, that's testament to Mick and his character and to the, the people in CUH, indeed, looking after him as well. So we're very hopeful that, you know, his stay in the National Rehabilitation Centre will be a long one because, obviously, that, that will mean they feel he can progress. They do extraordinary uh, work more. up there. Just extraordinary, extraordinary work. Now, his life outside of work and family, sport, mixed life. Well... Huge Cork GA supporter, PJ. Uh, a, a rare, a rare, a rare kind of a guy in that football comes before hurling for him. Uh, that's a, um, a rare small tribe in Cork, but huge Liverpool supporter as well. Mm. Uh, watches the Munster rugby, and look at I suppose as I've said, Bishopstown GA Club for the last thirteen years has been kind of the centre of his life as well. His daughter Alva would have started playing uh, camogie up there, and his son Sean. 
uh, is a goalkeeper uh, now progressing up to the minor team in fact only four days after Mick's injury actually Sean captained the under 16 team to the Premier 2 county uh, title mm. um, and men- mentioned his dad in the speech afterwards there wasn't a a dry eye in the house, PJ. Um, but look at in term in terms of sport, PJ. It's been vital to him because it's been his access and connection to the outside world since November. As you can imagine, uh, having the injuries that he has um, means that he is pretty isolated at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he uses his iPad to keep in touch with uh, the Liverpool games and yeah. to keep in touch with GA as well. And I can tell you, PJ, it's it's been his way of reconnecting with the world again and kind of um, coming back to himself and participating in, you know, uh, working with his physios, uh, indeed, uh, being able to converse and to talk to people as well. So that's been the spark that's brought Mick back to us, I think, you know, that, that love of sport. Now, talk to me about what, so I think it's a wonderful idea, matches for Mick. Yeah, look, at I suppose when, when Mick and Karen sat down to see um, what, what would we do in terms of supporting the family, um, Mick was very, very clear that uh, he wanted it to be community-based. And I suppose, look, PJ, we've come out of two years there where everybody's a little bit weary um, and they wanted to give people a chance to come together, um, to watch games, to play in games, to just socialise. So over two days on the 17th of 18th of March, under seven teams, teams from the under seven level up to senior level, they will invite teams in from other clubs uh, and they will play games from 10 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., uh, culminating in two senior games on the Friday night. Uh, and it just gives a chance for local clubs around Bishopstown and Bishopstown themselves to be like, the focal point of a community event uh, to show support for Mick and indeed for Karen. And what we're doing is that we're selling uh, virtual tickets to the event, PJ. So for anybody who wants to support us, if they go to the Bishopstown GA uh, homepage, Mm -hmm. they'll see the link at the very top of the page for matches from Mick. And there's different categories where you can purchase a ticket. Now, PJ, we know not everybody's going to be able to make those games over two days. But in effect, your purchase of the ticket is your donation. Your donation, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're hoping this would be like the the famous Munster versus the All Blacks game that I've no doubt Mick would remember, where there was about 180,000 people at the match, if you're to listen to what you're told. (laughs) Yeah, we were hoping to get Croke Park for it, like, but we said Bishop's Town will do. Bishop's Town will do for the time being. Yeah, so you buy a ticket um, to make a donation to the fund. It's a great idea. Great idea. It is, it is. And look, as I mean, Brian Corpert there and Pat Corpert up in Bishopstown and Al O'Sull- Alan O'Sullivan have been excellent in getting it together and organising it. And uh, we're doing well with the with the online stuff as well. The, the poster is out there, matches for Mick. And uh, hopefully over the two days, we can uh, we can attract a lot of support for Mick and uh, attract a lot of support for the fund. Yeah. Because in terms of his, his immediate and long-term care needs, um, they are going to be a challenge for us. Um, but hopefully we can support the family by... Uh, Having this, having this for him. A lot of adaptation and stuff required as he continues his recovery. I nearly forgot the Kerry connection. Lifelong visitor to Castle Gregory. That's right, indeed. Yeah, um, has a a, um, a mobile home in Castle Gregory, so he'd have lots of friends from the Kerry direction as well. Now, friends that he probably be well used to winding up at this stage, I'd say as well, PJ, yeah. you know, as a, as a proud Kish gay man and very proud to see Sean Meehan capturing the, the Cork Seniors this year. And uh, yes. look at the Cork Senior hurling and football fa- uh, panels have been excellent as well, PJ, and the support that they've given. They've been sending in messages to Mick and uh, just can't speak highly enough of, you know, the culture that Keith Rickon and, and uh, Kieran Kingston clearly have in the groups is excellent because... 
I know a lot of people might focus on the results, uh, but I think it takes a lot more to wear the red jersey than, than just going out and performing. It's how you carry yourself. And uh, those lads have been amazing in the support that they've given to Mick while he's been in CUH as well, you know. Okay. Um, and we've been very lucky as well, PJ, with the, with the people in CUH. Uh, I know Karen wanted me to point out, you know, there's a nurse, Nico, who's Spanish. And yeah. at a time when you can, you can imagine, uh, PJ, when you're in that place that uh, Mick was, it's a dark enough place in, in the in the immediate weeks after an accident like that, you know. And uh, Nico volunteered his time uh, in terms of overtime, wanted to take care of Mick and spoke to him about Spanish football. Now, I hope he, he drew something out of Mick. I don't know how good Mick's knowledge of Spanish football is, if you're listening, Mick, but uh, he drew Mick out of himself, you know. And, uh, well, look, if, if Nico's like any other Spanish football fan I ever met, Mick now has an encyclopedia knowledge whether he wanted it or not, which is brilliant. <laughs> he does. He does, he does. And uh, look at the, the, the nurse managers up there as well, Carol and, and Francis in, in the GA ward. Uh, um, Carol is actually from Mick's home place in Kish Game and look, at they've been so supportive to Karen you know, Karen's colleagues, Alva and Sean's friends. And look at, I think, PJ, the message I want to get out here as well, like is the mobilisation of, of teams from under seven up to senior level over two days. That's a massive community event. And it's it's not just Bishopstown, it's the teams around who are coming in. And look, it's the accumulation of all those small kindnesses, PJ, is for me developing into a wave of support for Mick. And, you know, if he's listening, Mick, we haven't had the chance to uh, to meet up yet due to all the restrictions, but I can guarantee you, Every single one of us, Mick, are 100% behind you uh, all the way in this and the family. And we are going to do everything that we can to push this for you and support you all down the line. Strong words indeed, uh, Ryan. Listen, it's Bishops and GAA. Do they have a website, Facebook page? Where? Yeah, if you go on to the Bishopstown GA page uh, or any of their social media, uh, you'll see the link for it. But uh, bishopstownga.com uh, matches for Mick is the link on the page and you click on matches for Mick and it'll bring up the fun page and, and it'll allow you to contribute to the fun. So look at, I'm hoping for, for people listening this morning, you, you all know Mick Cronin. You all know somebody who's a bit of a character. He's the first one who'd help you out as a volunteer. He'd be the first one to put a pint in your hand and he'd be the first one to watch a game with you. And listen, this Mick Cronin is our Mick Cronin and this is why we're doing it for him. Very well put. Matches for Mick happening on the St. Patrick's weekend. Ryan McCarthy, thanks very much. You want to find out more, bishops on GA.com. And good luck to Mick and the family. Uh, a long, hard road ahead for them. But with friends like Ryan and support like his club, it's just make it that little bit easier. Thanks, Ryan. 0818 96 96 96. Just before I go into the break, this story in the news and war and invasion and Ukraine and Russia and all that, um, the way it's going to affect all of our lives. Just looking at the papers this morning. Where's my examiner gone? Uh, it doesn't matter. Front page of the examiner this morning, they had how it might affect prices. And then in the news at 10 o'clock, we hear almost an acceptance now that the litre of petrol or diesel are headed for two euro. Um, and part of the problem will be uh, as a result of the crisis in Ukraine and Russia. And gas is going to go up again. So I dug out that chart that we discussed last week. Do you remember when they brought in the cost of living increases or cost of living changes um, a few weeks back, and I was talking to Minister Michael McGrath here about fuel, uh, and I pointed out to him that of every one seventy-seven 
litre of petrol, there's 98 cents goes on tax. And diesel being 168, it's 85 cents going on tax. That a litre of petrol before tax is 80 cents. Now, Michael McGrath argued at the time that there wasn't much they could do about that. He was giving me some spiel about a derogation from the EU anyway and that our VAT is reduced anyway and blah, blah, blah. But he didn't get into the area of excise. Now, excise is duty. And you know the way they put, when they put petrol up and down in the budget? It's excise duty that they can tic-tac whenever they want to. And even before this new carbon tax increase comes in, do you know how much they take off every litre of petrol in excise, which they have control over if they want to have control over. Do you know how much they're taking, my friends? 63 cent per litre of petrol and 52 cent per litre of diesel. And let us get one thing very clear among ourselves this morning, and I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know what you think they should do. If they want to, if they want to prevent petrol or diesel going to two euros a litre. If they want to, they can. They absolutely can if they want to. And those are the four words. If they want to. They could cut the excise if they want to. So, if the petrol and diesel goes to two euros a litre, it's because they let it go to two euros a litre. They didn't stop it when they could have if they wanted to. Just a thought this Tuesday morning. Wednesday morning, is it? It is. <laughs> oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Now, the first question I wanted to ask Tara Foster about cycling around Ireland. And Tara, you're in County Cork today. When you all today headed for Middleton tomorrow and then coming to the city, and you're more than welcome. But would it be better for you to wait to cycle around Ireland when the weather wasn't so crap? Good morning. Good morning. I hear that a lot from people, but I think if anything uh, the world has taught us recently is there's never really a good time. So you just kind of have to go with it and, um, you know, make the most of what you've got. I mean, some of the best things I've ever um, remembered were the crazy things, you know, like sideways rain and stacking it on my bike and you know, so I, th- I think we need to really cherish these little moments that we've got. <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm actually American by birth, uh, but about 17 years ago, I was offered a job on the plane from L.A. to Sydney, and I took the gig, and I moved to Sydney. I've been there ever since. And, uh, yeah, I, I just like to really enjoy life. So um, about five years ago, I, I got a bike. and I wasn't a cyclist. I'm still not a cyclist. And, um yeah, I cycled around Ireland then, and I was taking challenges from social media. And this time after COVID, I just thought, you know, go with what you know. And I wanted to go on another adventure, and I'm back with my bike. <laughs> right. And you're in Yall today. Have you been there before? 
Uh, yeah, a few years ago, but only as a day trip. So this time I actually really get to explore and take it all in and just really enjoy it. So, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm just walking around today, just enjoying the weather, enjoying the people, enjoying the hospitality. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing videos as you go along. Are you going to do one about y'all? Because we're all very proud of y'all, as you imagine. Absolutely. I'm very proud of y'all as well. I just absolutely love it. I actually had a nice little um, walk around yesterday with um, Adam King and his yeah. family, who yeah. are like the Ireland's national treasures. And um, they gave me a great overview of how amazing y'all is and all the different characters and all the different places that um, should be looked at and experienced. So I, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. So then it's on to, to Middleton. There's a lot to see there. Yeah, yeah, the Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. In brewery or sorry brewery distillery yeah. there we go distillery yeah so um yeah and also uh, i'm a big fan of ramen they've got ramen noodles over there as well so i'm gonna do the eight for eight <laughs> there's nothing particularly irish or cork about ramen but hey you, you like what you you like oh, what you like yeah do, do exactly you, do, so. you, do you think that 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 covid uh tara and, and of course being based in australia one of the toughest clam towns in the whole world. How did you get out, by the way? <laughs> well, yeah, that's an interesting one. We couldn't, we couldn't come back. We couldn't leave for a long time. And uh, I, I actually have a lot of friends that went overseas and had to waiver all their rights as Australian citizens um, to actually leave for work. Uh, I was one of the lucky ones that didn't actually have to sign a waiver like that. I was free to leave because I started to open it up for Australians to travel. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, it was a really simple process for me to come to Ireland, which was really great and welcoming for me. Um, they've just recently opened it back up so Australians can get back in, which is yeah. really great. Australians and um, basically um, anyone who's visiting. So, yeah, yeah please come on down. Yeah, um, But, yeah, it was very I, tough it, going. It was a case, wasn't it, at one point and for a long time, if you left, well, you had to stay out until we tell you you can come back. 
Yeah, the minimum of three months. But if you wanted consular help, you you wouldn't get it. And um, it was quite trying times, um, you know, because a lot of people have jobs overseas and families overseas. And a lot of people haven't seen their family in over two years. So, uh, well, now we're not the hermit. Uh, country anymore so yeah. we're opening back up which Fantastic. is really great fabulous so you you got here but i was just, what i was going with that was do you think that you know you, we need to now embrace whatever we have because of how much we we spent i suppose locked up looking at the four walls for the last two years oh my gosh absolutely and i think this is pretty much what i'm all about you know we have to do things that scare us um, because that's what life's all about. You know, we need to basically get on our bike and do things. Uh, I, I crossed the the Yall Bridge yesterday, and it, it it was very white knuckling experience, but I still did it, and I'm so proud of myself. And I think after COVID, it's great to get out and just to see the world again, and to you know step on that grass and just really experience life, because that's what it's all about. It's just very short. You've you've bonded, I think, with Ireland. What draws us to you, or draws you to us? Ah, look, it's one of the greatest underdogs in the world, I find. And it's such a welcoming and warm place. Um, I love it here. I feel loved and supported and I love the history. Um, I even love the weather, you know, even experience sleep and sideways rain on the Waterford Greenway. (laughs) I, I love everything about it. I think it's just such a wonderful and welcoming place. And there's just so many good people and good things to be embraced. Have you got any connection at all to Ireland? No. Uh, no, my well, my first name is Tara, and yeah. um, that's where that's where I, I was I believe, asking. Yeah, yeah, like maybe way down the line. I mean, uh, apparently there were there were rumors that my family, when they lived in New Jersey, I'm from South Jersey originally, uh, in the United States, mm. uh, they used to have a whiskey still, and they used to provide whiskey to um, during Prohibition to um, the boardwalk oh. down there in Atlantic City. Oh, oh, so there's Irish I'm there. Assuming, oh, there's Irish there. You I'm may assuming be sure. that they're Irish. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but yeah. I'm American. Oh, yeah. I'm American by birth, but Australian by choice. Right, I got you. I got you, and I'm sure that mm-hmm. there, there, there's there's Irish DNA there. If your if your if your ancestors sure. were were doling out bokshi whiskey during prohi- prohibition, and your first name is Tara, search and you shall find. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Well, you're in Middleton and into the city into the city for a few days. Yeah, I'm actually heading into Cove first, and right. then from Cove, I'm going to take the Greenway into the city, and that that Greenway is awesome. Um, you, know, you go over Passage West, uh, the little ferry, and then you hop on that um, that ferry straight into Court City. It's very flat and it's very lovely, um, passing Black Rock Castle. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Okay, and you'll be around here for for for. We might we might chat again. You never know. Now people can follow your adventures on on Twitter at Tara Australis. It's T R T A R A. It's basically Aust- Australis. Is that, <laughs> yeah, am I, am I, the I name can spell right? it. Tara Australis. Yeah, let me spell it for you. I I messed up the other day spelling it out. So let me let me give it a go again. Let's see if I get it right. It's T A R A. U-S-T-R-A-L-I-S and I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff but I mostly use Twitter um, I, I pretty much respond to everyone I do little videos every town I go to I kind of make a little highlight video um, I've got one of the Greenway coming I've got one of Dungarvan it's just it takes time to edit these things and um, it also takes time to cycle so okay. Okay. <laughs> to get the destination so yeah well enjoy, enjoy your stay 
uh, and 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 oh, welcome. Thank you. And welcome. And you're now thank in. You you're now officially in the best part of the whole country. You're in County Cork. We're, we're a bit biased. Indeed. But you know. <laughs> now it's great. I love it here. It's wonderful to be back. Tara, take care. 0818969696. That's Tara Foster, Tara Stralis on Twitter. And her, her videos that she's done are just brilliant. Because that's what she does. Yeah. Where are we going? Oh, yes. Where is Fiona? Let's do this again. Where is she? Remember, it's with the Furniture Centre on Watercourse Road. A 500 euro voucher every day this week. Fiona is on location. A bit like Tara. Fiona is on location. But where is she? Today I am in the centre of a park. There are lots of lovely flowers and a playground. And ahead of me, there's a stage and a museum. Where am I? 083-396-9696 with Fiona's location and your name will draw a winner about 5 to 12. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Snatch is a sketch comedy show with a difference. The sketches are made up on the spot as the audience throws out ideas and then are turned into scenes instantly. Snatch returns to City Limits Comedy Club this Saturday night with doors at 8pm. Access all areas. Comedian Dermot Whelan announces a court date for his unique stress-busting show Mindful. A certified meditation teacher, Dermot comes to the Everyman Cork on Sunday, March 20th with tickets on sale now. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. On Cork's 96FM. Never one to miss a trick. Our Eugene in East Cork says we should tell Tara to go and visit the Bransfield Monument in Ballinacurra, which is near Middleton. She's headed to Middleton anyway. So yes, that is it. I'm sure we'll, we'll pass that on to her. We might message that to her because it is brilliant. And in fairness, Eugene and his team of friends and cohorts down there, they put that together over the last number of years, there were many years working on it, a monument to Edward Bransfield, uh, one of the very, very first polar explorers. And his story is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. I could spend 10 minutes telling it to you, but I won't. But the monument to him is down in Ballinacurra. And yeah, that's a place Tara might like to go and see. Thanks, Eugene. 0818 Now, Businesses of all kinds are trying to get back on an even keel after COVID. And and it's a time of opportunity, but it's also a tough time because we have to try to recover from what we've been through and prepare for for what's ahead of us in a changing world. The way of working is changing. Holding on to staff is becoming a big problem in some areas and there's things like tax and accounting to be done and expansion and it can get a bit overwhelming. Nicola Quinn's a tax partner with PwC Cork. Nicola, good morning. Hi PJ, how are you? I'm good. It, it can get a bit overwhelming for someone so they need a bit of, a bit of help. What are the areas where the, the biggest challenges are at the moment for businesses? 
Um, I, I think there's lots of challenge, okay? So, and, and, and um, what are the big ones at the moment? You, you touched on there. Staffing is a huge issue across every sector. Every business I talk to at the moment, no matter what the sector, is having a challenge with staffing. Um, we've had a lot of supply chain issues. We've had Brexit. We've had cost inflation. So, uh, you know, the market is running really hot, uh, so demand is really strong, which is great. Mm. I don't really hear anyone telling me that there isn't demand out there for their mm-hmm. goods or their services. But actually, what are we? But what we're hearing is, you know, getting things out there, getting things made, getting things to market mm. is the challenge at the moment. And some of that's COVID-related. Some of it's not COVID-related. So some of what's coming at us at the moment was coming anyway, mm. um, and it just got accelerated by COVID. Yeah. Um, and as say the 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 Brexit the cost pressures, all those things. So it's a bit of a melting pot at the moment. But what I would say is, and it is over, it can be overwhelming, but if, if you take a step back, the fundamentals are okay. So demand is really strong. Our economy is going really great guns. Mm. Our exports are going really well. Our businesses are going well. We're really lucky in this region, PJ. We have really strong businesses, both FDI businesses, but also really strong indigenous businesses and mm-hmm. owner-managed businesses who are doing great things and who are being really innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a question of how do we best manage those challenges that are coming at us? And I, I think the staff one is probably the one that's, I would put probably top of the list at the moment. And why is it that it's so hard to get staff? I mean, there are people looking for work. There's loads of people lost their jobs during the pandemic. So, so it doesn't, I, I can't for, understand why uh, people would not be able be able to find staff, particularly for what we might call run-of-the-mill jobs, as in not highly specialised work. Well, I think um, there, there's probably two parts to that. One is we are actually, uh, while, there, while there are lots of people looking for work, we are also at the, the highest levels of employment we've ever been at. So, so we've just topped two and a half million people in employment in Ireland, which is the highest number of people we've ever had employed. So our economy has expanded our companies have expanded. So we have more demand for workers. Um, We obviously lost a lot of people, a lot of overseas workers we've lost because of COVID and they haven't come back yet. Mm. Um, But we also have a skills gap. So, so we, we, we sometimes have people who are looking for work, but they may be not in the right place as the peop, you know, the jobs that we have. So we have a bit of a mismatch um, between what we have and what we need. Um, And I think we also, we, we need, um, We've had a shift in how we work because of COVID um, and how people want to work. So um, uh, there's been this sort of build up over the last few years of where we're always on. You know, technology means we're always on and and, the, and, and, and work has got more demanding. No matter what your job, work yeah. has got more demanding. And um, before COVID, there was a, a sort of a march towards we need more, you know, we need something different in our lives. We need a bit more flexibility. We need to find some balance between you know, how we live and, and, and how we work. And that was coming before COVID. And then COVID sort of jumped in and, and everyone had to just do what they did for the last two years. So now we're in this slightly funny place where we don't know, we don't know how to get back to to something because what we're getting back to is not what we came from. Yeah. It's going to be something different. And none of us really know what that looks like. Mm. So we have, we're in a little bit of a, a sort of a, a fuddle at the moment where we're trying to find a way which is, we don't want to let go of the flexibility and the positive things that we got from COVID because there was some positive things. Um, but we but we need to find a way that that works for our businesses. Okay. And we need to find a way where 
we're like that. We can get training, get people trained for the jobs we need them for yeah. um, and get people connected again and get mm. people coached and back up and sort yeah. of back together again. So it's there's a little bit of trying to find our feet at the moment and trying to find that way forward. Where, where it's possible, um, hybrid working... It, it, it's popular, it's gained popularity, but also uh, something I spoke to a, a guy about here, task-based working, as in you have tasks, get them done, and if they're done in, in four hours, then that's your day. Some people like that. Yeah. It works very well with families, it works very well with kids being around the hybrid model, which is great for some people. But you mentioned the always-on and we are in an always-on world, but always-on isn't always desirable, is it? No, it's not. It's not. And I think that's the bit we still have to navigate because um, I, I think, and to your point, like we need to be output based rather than input based. So if you can do your job in four hours, then why would you have to sit there for six hours or seven hours? Because that doesn't make sense. So we need to get better at saying, actually, it doesn't matter what hours you work. Um, and if you decide to get up and start work at six o'clock in the morning because that suits you yeah. um, because you want to go for exercise in the middle of the day or you want to collect your kids or whatever it is, then that's fine as long as you get the job done. And that's a bit of a cultural shift. Mm. Uh, and I think it's we're not every business can do it, but where it can be done, you should embrace it. We should, yeah. But I say it does take a little bit of adjustment because we are used to you know, being nine to half five or being nine to six and then as say having the, you know, having the emails or the or everything going on late at night and expecting people to answer. We we have to get away from that because people have to be able to switch off. So again, if we get back to saying, well, actually there are tasks to be done, there are outputs to be met. And if we meet them, then that's fine. We've mm. done our day's work. Mm. You mentioned that the economy is flying um did, would you worry, lastly, Nicola, would, would you worry with the current, shall we say, state of world politics, not pointing anything out, but the large elephant sitting in the corner of the room, the state of world politics and the state of world peace, would you be worried about it for the economy? Yeah, of course, you have to be worried to some degree because we are a small nation. We are very outward looking. So what happens in Europe and what happens in the world has a huge influence on our economy. So yes, of course, we have to have um, one eye on that. Um, but I suppose we can only control what's in front of us, PJ. So for for Irish businesses, I think, again, we just got to get back to basics. We've got to get back to trying to service what we can and, and keep an eye on you know new markets and mm. new places to do business, which again, we're very good at. Um, and, and, and deal with that. The other big thing we have coming at us, as well as political uncertainty, we have tax uncertainty coming at us. So we yeah. have a big global push to change the tax rules, which will have a very significant impact on Ireland. No question, it will impact us. This is the famous 15%, um, yeah? Yes. So now, thankfully, the 15% will only apply to very large companies. So for most Irish businesses, we'll still pay tax at 12.5%. But it will impact the amount of tax that comes into Ireland. So we do have to keep a weather eye on that. So so there are we had record tax receipts last year um, and record corporate tax receipts last year. I think you'll you'll hear it in in, in Pascal Donahue's comments and in Michael McGrath's comments. They know that's, that's not going to continue. Yeah. So... Um, we have to be very careful 
when things are running as hot as they are, that we we don't lose sight of that, that there mm. are probably some harder days coming and we need to put a bit away. Okay, so don't let it, don't let it overheat. No, I, I, I think we need to be, and, and you, I think, again, it's part of the reason maybe why we're seeing a little bit of reluctance from government to give more at the moment in terms of price inflation. They're not committing to any tax reductions. They're not committing to giving away too much because I think they probably can't mm. um, because of the headwinds that are coming at us. So we do need to be careful. Mm. Um, and, and, and we still need to focus on the basics, which is, get as many people into employment as we can. Mm -hmm. And and the more jobs we have, the more stable our economy will be. Okay, all right, leave it there. We might talk again, Nicola. Thanks very much. Good to speak with you. Tax partner with uh, PwC Cork, that's Nicola Quinn. Now, Jackie, um, you're getting a bit sick and tired of antisocial behaviour. Just so that the Garda investigation into what happened to you isn't affected, let's not say too much about anybody you suspect. But what happened? Good morning. I don't, I don't know who done it. Okay. Um, well, we're always getting stones thrown at the window. Always. I'm only up here a year. I mean, uh, PJ, you know, I I fought for this place for years, and I finally got it, ground floor, three, three bedroomed. Yeah. Remember, I have the son with the autism, collecting all the military I stuff. I do now. I and know my husband's on disability. I use a mobility scooter. Right. And last night, uh, two stones were thrown. I ignored them, and then about twenty minutes later, a big rock in through the window, okay. shattered it. Huge window. Right, right. Hopefully there was nobody sitting under it, was there? No. Yeah, yeah. We got an awful fright. You, I mean, like when you hear the bang, when you're sitting down listening to television and you hear the bang, and you just can't relax for the rest of the night. Mm, mm. We're all being terrorised up here. There's a girl up here a week. She's an eight-month-old baby next to the window last week and she got stones battered her window. Her welcome second party. It's getting beyond crazy now up here. And do you mind telling me where? I mean, the general area. Gar- Carberry Grove. Uh, up in the Haney, do you know, by Bernardo's. I do. I know it. I do know it. I do know the it. New, the new bills there, the new estates. They have the trees pulled up. They tore up all the plants. They had to put grass down there finally. Yeah. There's about four or five broken trees up here now. They're just, they don't. Give it down. And this is every... This they're is, hanging this around is here night. from every estate. Oh, every nice. estate are hanging around here. Another bonfire now last night up by the steps. More uh, wheelie bins. Yeah. And I know how long, because I remember, I remember you now. You, you're so long trying to get moved up there to, to suit himself, school yeah. and stuff like that. You get your dream place, and now you have to put up with this. Have you been on to any of your local representatives, local politicians? Up well, uh, Mick Nugent now came last night when the guards were there. Mick Nugent came. Mm. So, and he what said he'll try and kick it onto the council for me. Yeah, what did they to try and start out to get the window say? done because. Oh, they, they're coming back today to look through um, CTV to put it on memory stick. Right, 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 right. So I've gotten a good picture of it myself. I was up last night when I was yeah, rewinding back best when it was daylight, well, you know. Well, you give that evidence across to the guards, I suppose, and let them yeah. deal with it. Yeah, but they'll be handed That's to the, the guards. thing to do, yeah. Uh, and, and you're saying that it's not just you, like you've na- all your neighbours... No, it's not them. just me. Right. A neighbour across the road got her wing mirror on the car put in last week as well. <laughs> you must be driving you mad of it, already. I mean, are you're up there only a few months. 
I'm only up there a year, yeah. 13, 14 months, yeah. I was moved in last January. Yeah. Drive you mad after. And nobody. This is the nobody fright you seems, get. Yes. I can imagine that noise. You're watching the news or something. Yeah. It's just boom. And you're like, do you know, you got a heart attack. Like, I mean, I didn't go to bed now until six o'clock this morning. And I was up again at half past eight, nine o'clock. I just couldn't sleep. So unfair. So unfair. How, how how's your son dealing with it all? He's, he's upset. My husband is up. My husband is very very upset. I mean, he's got a lot of illnesses and he just can't. He just can't cope with it at all. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm not so bad. Yeah. I'm kind of like I get over things and I just carry on, but I can't afford to replace the window. Yeah. yeah. No way. It's huge. Bloody. It's a huge window. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. It's a big front window. Yeah, side window. All right, okay. It's huge. And it's just random, randomers doing this at night. Yeah, I don't, because I have no, I mean, I, I go in my door, I go out my door, I go out and have my smoke, come back in. If a neighbour says, good morning, hello, nice weather, mm. I say, yeah, talk to them and yeah. that's it. What can you do about the window? I mean, you, you have to, you have to get it fixed and all, but, you have to block it up or something first. Um, there's one pane still there. It's a double glazing. Right. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. So at least there's one pane. I got the outer glass. Right. Okay. I'll probably come back tonight now and finish it off. Oh, stop! Don't, don't. Oh, they will. Yeah. I'm telling you, they are uncultivated up here. They have no manners whatsoever up here. None. Oh, it's awful. Well, they're all inside in a big load of gang of them, nine or ten of them, fifteen of them, eighteen of them. They're all smart asses. And then when they're on their own, they're quiet. When they're all in a big group. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and I mean, nobody should live like this. Nobody. No matter what area it is. No matter if it's the suburbs, if it's, if it's south side, north side, Blackpool, Carrigaline, anywhere road. Nobody should have to put up with this crap. Nobody, no matter where they live, no matter what area it is, it shouldn't be happening. Teenagers should not be doing that kind of stuff to people living in their own homes, minding their own business. Absolutely right. There's no one, no, no one going to argue with that for a split second. Look after yourself and look after your lovely family, and hopefully, uh, get that window fixed as soon as possible. And I hope you're wrong about them putting the rest of it in. Uh, one frame of the double glaze and put in. I really hope that the second one won't get put in. And to you and all your neighbours. Uh, thanks, Jackie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie the lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Okay, we let the cash cow into the room this hour. See if we milk some moolah from the cash cow. Some stage between now and 12 will get you to text or WhatsApp in with your name and the password, 
which you got this morning with Casey and Russ. No, I'm not going to give it to you again. You might be able to find it if you pop over to our Instagram. Uh, the course 96 from Instagram, but you're not going to get it again from me. But we will be looking for the password at some point this hour. And then we'll bring someone on to play for Mucho Mula. I won't tell you how much is in the bucket today, but it's a nice couple of quid. But remember, if the cow moves, you lose. 0818-969696. Just on Jackie and her windows and the antisocial behaviour that's going on up there, she says even if she could, she simply can't afford to fix that broken window. And it's going to have to be the council that sort her out there. A whole bunch of interesting statistics have come out from the uh, Central Statistics Office. I have them to hand here, just before I go to that call, Fiona. It's kind of taking my attention here. The Central Statistics Office has put out a report, just simple figures based on research it's been doing during the pandemic. And it says that the household saving from January 2020 people who were able to put a few quid aside because they had it, because they were locked down and couldn't go out and couldn't spend and things like that. 54 billion euros was saved between January 2020 and the end of last September. 54 billion. Crikey. But compared to the average in 2020, do you know how much electricity has gone up by? And this, again, is the whole energy crisis laid bare here in a statistic from the Central Statistics Office. Compared to the 2020 average price of electricity, 260.4% of an increase in the wholesale price. That's colossal. That is just colossal. Burglary was down... Theft was down, robbery was down, but fraud was up. There'll be more of those statistics coming out, I'm sure, over the next few days. They're just interesting to look at. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Jack, Jack Ellis, he's on the phone. Is he feel okay? Hi, Jack. Hi, how are things? Good. How are you, how are you doing health-wise? Are you still holding off on this transplant? Yeah, yeah I'm getting on fine now, yeah. Uh, just smooth sailing, really. Good man, good man. Tell me about about your kidneys. You started to have trouble with them when a few years ago. Yeah, I was eight, and uh, I was sick from school for a week. I had strep throat, and mm. I went into the CUH for a night, and they couldn't really tell what was wrong with me. So um, I went up to Temple Street the next day, and they said to they said to my mum and dad, so there's a kidney problem or leukemia, and they did biopsy on my kidney. And they found out it was the kidney that strep throat was lodged inside this. Nice. Wow. So, yeah. Mm. So, so you have to mind yourself. And at 19, how, how does that affect your life? Um, like for years, I, it hasn't really affected me. I was on medication for a small bit when I was about 13, 14. I was just on kind of blood pressure medication, but... Since then, that's come back to normal, thank God. And, like, I was always minding my diet and stuff like that. Mm. And with the social aspect of things, like, like it's kidney disease is different for every every person. So, for me, anyway, like, going out, like, it's fine, as long as I just stay hydrated and stuff, you know? 
Right, right. You, you, your your family owns Mox Pub, is that right? Yeah, yeah. A great old, a great old spot. So you'd you'd be with your man who likes a pint. Uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy a pint. Right? You, yeah. you have to, you have to take. Is it you have to have water every time? You have a pint. That one, you 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 have to keep yourself hydrated. Why why is that, Jack? What happens if you if your hydration drops? So basically, like the kidney function, just like it obviously functions better when it's when there's more water, like you're more hydrated, like less toxins in your system and stuff that'll flush out the toxins. I see. I see. So that's why you have to drink water, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of diet then, why can you not have protein, for example? Do you have a problem with protein? Yeah, protein's like a massive massive deficiency of the kidney. And like it, I I like I ha- I can some it's different for everyone, as I said. Like I mine's kind of moderate kind of thing. I could have like fifty five grams a day, that's like two and a half chicken breasts, I suppose. But like that adds up, you know, like if you have say rice or pasta with it, like there's a small bit of protein in that too and it all adds up. Right, right. So you you got you gotta eat a lot of carbohydrates, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And the for you're uh, is it inevitable that you will at one point need a transplant? Um, at this stage, I, I suppose it is, yeah, like, it has to be 11% for a transplant, and mine's just kind of staying on 12 now for the last two or three months. It's function, yeah. 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 And you're not quite there yet needing dialysis, which is good. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my main aim anyway, to just avoid dialysis. But ever since I started taking care of myself, my function's kind of been staying stable and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a lad that enjoys a bit of sport. Has that affected your sport? Uh, has has like two or three years ago like I was feeling tiredness sometimes and just not able to go to trainings like I'd I'd feel too just tired to go to training stuff if it was on late like and that was kind of how it affected us really yeah so a lot of tiredness yeah uh, yeah I I wasn't always the most complaining patient so my energy levels weren't the best but now I'm kind of now I'm getting back. Yeah. yeah. So you are very much, I suppose, a, a proponent of of organ donors, and you'd like people to think about organ donation because one day you may need one. Yeah. Well, any anyway, before any of this, like any before any, I knew I needed a transfer or anything. I was always for organ donation because I, I there's people in my family that have got kidney transplants and lung transplant. So I kind of just vouch for them and stuff. And, like, I don't see... I just think it's just important to even think about it and discuss with your family even over dinner or something. Yeah, yeah. You're going to uh, Dr. Plant, uh, I think, with the last number of years. Now, <laughs> I'm, showing, I'm showing my age here now, but I remember being in UCC when he was in his final year and I was in, sec- I was in second year or first year. So I remember Liam Plant, but you say he's a, he's a great guy to go to for your, for your treatment. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a really nice man to be... He's, he's a really nice man. He just makes me laugh every time I go in there. Like. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Very encouraging to you, I think. Yeah, he like whenever I was kind of feeling worried or something about him, he'd always give me like reassurance and stuff. Yeah. So you're 19 now. Your hope is that you can avoid uh, having to be on a defibrillator, or not defibrillator, a um, dialysis. Uh, but 
like that would really, really tie you down, wouldn't it, if you had to do that? Yeah, if I have to go on dialysis, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, if I if, if I have, like if I have to go on dialysis, uh, it would tie me down. Yeah. yeah. Do you get a bit? Do you get a bit worried about what the future holds, Jack? Um, like with the transplant. Yeah, but what might happen? You know. Uh, yeah, do you know, yeah, I do a small bit. Like, I I know it just it's, it might be a long like it might be a long process. It might be might find a match first first person who comes forward or whatever. Yeah. Like so, that's kind of, like you don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. but like I know that I always knew that anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, and this people around you looking to know would they be compatible? Are they already? Yeah. Well, people have been saying and thinking about it already, which is I appreciate anyone that's ever thinking about it. Like, but the kind of fact that people in my family are thinking about it gives me a kind of a head start. Yeah. Yeah, but you're 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 in UCC doing arts, I think, are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in UCC at the moment. Yeah, and, and are you able to go and come and go as normal? I mean, once you mind yourself and stay hydrated. Oh yeah, I come and go. I, I'm just like any normal student, really. Just go. Uh, I, I just go in. I go in and do my lectures, tutorials, whatever. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. The Irish Kidney Association. Um, have been a bit worried about uh, taking off the masks and, and not having masks anymore. Would you be worried yourself going in and out of college? I uh, I think they should be worn in the like appropriate places like hospitals and stuff. Mm. And I think it should be up to every single person. It should be up to if you want to wear masks or not. Yeah. That's my opinion of it anyway. Like, will, will you wear one going to class, for example? It depends now because some of my lectures are there's a lot of people in it, you know, and I'm not exactly like I'm I I'm I would be fine if I got COVID, but like some I I try to keep in mind people are vulnerable, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, listen, I wish you well. Good luck with your education, uh, and I hope those that that kidney holds out for as long as it can. <laughs> those kidneys of yours hold out, and that when you need. The transplant, it happens well and happens quickly for you. And uh, good luck to you. Jack Ellis, um, he is 19 years of age. Kidneys are failing. Not quite on dialysis just yet. But he's one of these people that will one day need um, a, a transplant. And uh, March is all about transplants. And we'll be talking more about transplanting and organ donation and all this over the weeks to come. But just to refer to that there, the statement from the Irish Kidney Association... Uh, on the removal of the mask mandate. And as we know now, because Cabinet has agreed, from the 28th of February, which is Monday, from Monday, you don't have to wear a mask in the shop, you don't have to wear a mask in the bus, you don't have to wear a mask in school. Workplaces, I think, would be down to the individual employers, but the thing that you're going in the door of Tesco's or Centre or wherever you happen to be going and you're fiddling around in the pocket for the for the mask. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. If you want to, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. That's, that's from Monday. Same on the bus. Same on the train. But the Irish Kidney Association said that they're concerned that there's no safety net now for high-risk patients. Um, they, they think it's a bit mature or Im- premature a bit premature
to be lifting the mandate quite so early. Particularly they point out that the medicines, the antivirals, the pills, that are, they're, not, they're not here yet. Um, more probably won't be here until the end of March. So they are quite concerned, uh, the Irish Kidney Association, and they've gone back to say to Neffert, come here, you're, are we not moving a little bit too fast here? 0818 96 96 96. They say removing the face mask mandate at this time seems premature. For example, new therapeutic medications are still in short supply and we're informed they may not be delivered until late March. We know from experience in dialysis in the early stage of the pandemic the impact that mask wearing had in reducing transmission. For years, patients have put their trust in and been heavily reliant on their medical consultant's advice. But often, medical consultants have not been fully briefed during the pandemic, so this has created additional unnecessary anxiety. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The Premier League Live, powered by Talk Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online at 96fm.ie. Tune in Saturdays as we ramp up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre-match analysis, live commentary, and in-depth interviews with some legends of the sport. Number one, that's top of the league. The Premier League Live. With now, stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sport with a now Sports Extra membership. Listen every Saturday, exclusively online at 96fm.ie or download Download the Corks 96 FM app. Corks 96 FM. Yeah, listen, my head is not my friend today. I completely forgot to mention this event that Jack has with the Irish Kidney Association. It's a five-a-side tournament on February 27th, which is Sunday. Uh, it's at St. Finbar's GA Astro Pitch from 1 till 5. And there's an event at Mox after the soccer. There's also a GoFundMe uh, page if you search for Irish Kidney Association Jack Ellis and that's got quite an amount raised actually six grand uh, at the moment 6,600 actually uh, currently in the kitty there so good luck with that and good luck with your future Jack 0818 96 96 96 cash cow coming up very soon alright cash cow coming up very very soon on the programme she's mooing now for the one to be milked of more cash <laughs> so we'll do that soon. 0818 96 96 96. It is Refugee Week at UCC. A whole list of events running right throughout the week to highlight uh, the plight and the inequality of refu- faced by refugees in this country and I guess the opportunities which we can offer to them and the support and the solidarity that we can and should offer to them. Amano Mura is chairperson of the Falcher Refugees Society at uh, UCC. Amano, good morning. Good morning, lovely to be here. Thank you so much for, for featuring our Refugee Week on the show today. Tell me about it. It's, it's a whole week-long event um, and there's quite a lot going on. It is, absolutely. It's a jam-packed programme this year and it's a joint initiative between students and staff here in UCC. Um, UCC is called a university, which means that the university itself makes a commitment um, to be a place of welcome to refugees. 
place to be an accessible uh, place of education and to do our best to be an anti-racist and inclusive institution. Um, so I guess on my side as chairperson of Falter Refugees, I'm uh, just 17 um, on a wonderful team who have contributed um, just over, I would say, nine events um, to this week. So it's it's a pretty crazy one for us. Yeah, you've got music, you've got cinema, and you've got panel discussions. What what are the key issues that we should that that, that are com- coming into Refugee Week? The the key issues that you want to highlight. Well, we've done our best this year to really sort of pivot between looking at what's happening here at home. And I guess what stands out, of course, is direct provision and the system that asylum seekers are put into when they arrive in Ireland. And some of whom end up stuck in this system for, you know, we've heard cases of 10 to 12 years. Um, Direct provision has been in place for over 20 years now in Ireland and it was brought in as a temporary measure. Um, People's applications were meant to be processed within 12 to 24 months and unfortunately that has never happened. So ending direct provision and holding our government to account to, to do that is definitely top of our agenda as students in Ireland. But we've also tried to take a global look at things. So yesterday, for example, we had a webinar with North Korean defectors, which was a really fascinating event. Um, And we also watched a documentary about Rohingya Muslims um, in Burma. So it's it's a really global slash local um, pivot all through the week. Yeah. And of course, new technology in the digital world allows you to do it, to to make it an international event rather than just an on-campus event now. Sure. You know, COVID has been a really difficult um, journey for everybody, but it has also opened some doors. So last year as a society, um, all student societies were, I suppose, limited to running virtual events. And as hard as that was to come to terms with, it made us a little bit more creative. So this year we're not as, you know, reluctant to reach out all across the world somebody doesn't have to be here in Cork for them to take part which is which is a new but a wonderful thing yeah yes uh, so even on Saturday you've got something and the sanctuary runners of we're all know their fantastic work they're joining you on Saturday to close <laughs> off the week yeah we love the song they're one of the most uh, supportive organizations I to yes they appreciate us God, let's not have the line collapse just at the very end. But that's Amano Moya-Miura, chair of UCC, uh, Falcher Refugees Society. That event with the Sanctuary Runners on Saturday morning at 11. We'll close off the week uh, of uh, just events and, and pointing out the, the plight of refugees in Ireland. And the, the whole direct provision thing. Someone said to me about five years ago, that the direct provision thing, for want of a better expression, will be the mother and baby homes of the 21st century. There, she's back very quickly. It's, is it 11 o'clock in the morning that on Saturday that the sanctuary owners are with? I'm sorry, yeah, it's, um, it's 12 noon that we're meeting in the Honan Plaza in UCC, so you can walk it or run it. And then today as well, at 1 o'clock in UCC, there's a, a rally. We're gathering together with the Students' Union to call for an end to direct provision. Um, so people are more than welcome to join us in solidarity there today and on Saturday, whether you're a student or not. Okay, all right, Amanda. Good luck with the week and enjoy. Thank you.
0818 I just have to Jackie told me her story before 11 bit of response to that you have to bring back the vigilantes around Knocknaheen he says Pat nobody should have to live like that Pat I couldn't possibly endorse that happy to read your comment but can't endorse it because I remember when they were up there and life wasn't that much easier to be fair Hi PJ I live in Blackpool I tried to make my little house bright with three little pot plants on my windowsill thugs took them and smashed them at the end of the street my pride and joy destroyed says John What's the point of anything that Gardaí will do? There's no law for something like this in this country. There's so many kids wandering around at night doing all sorts of things. None of the parents know where they are. And when they take some action in their own hands, then the person who takes the action will be blamed, not the entire system that allows it to happen. We called the Gardaí many times for similar stuff. In the end, they just never bothered to come out and do anything about it. 0818969696. The Corks 96 FM Cash Cow. With Mahan Point for fashion, film, food, and fun. Don't wait till the cows come home. Get moving to Mahan Point. See mahanpointsc.ie. So we want to play. It's time to get the cow out of the barn and milk some moolah. You got the password this morning with Casey and Ross. You can get it again if you look at Instagram quickly. You might get it again there, but I'm not going to give it to you. But text or WhatsApp now with your name and the password. 083 396 9696. And we'll play the game for moolah next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie That's a sound we don't want to hear again, Maeve. We don't want to hear the moo again. Because what happens if the cow moos? Oh, I get nothing. You lose if the cow moos. <laughs> All right, Maeve. So, we got some money. In the cow, we're going to milk, milk the moo cow for you. I'm going to let off the clock. You know how this goes. I'm going to let off the clock. You'll hear an amount of money. Mm-hmm. You can either stop and take it, or you can wait and see what happens with the amount of money. But if the cow moves, you leave with nothing, as they say. Okay. If the cow moves, you lose. Are you, you sound nervous. Are you all right? I'm always nervous, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't blame you when there's money at stake. I've been nervous. I know. Myself, all right. Shall we let it go then? And remember this, if you want to take the money, you just say stop. And if you want to move on, we'll move on. Here we okay. go. 100 euro. 100. What do you want to do? I'll go on. You'll go I'll on. I'll pay on. Okay, pay on. Okay, next. 200 euro. Oh, this is good. 200 there it now, mate. It is, it is. Oh, should I gamble again? I'll play once more. You play once more. All right, here we go. 300 euro. Oh! What do you want to do? Oh, I'll take it. I won't push my luck. You're going to take it. I'll you stop. want to push yeah. your luck. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want to know what might have happened? Oh, go on. Let yeah. me see where we would have gone. Where's this one? Here we go. 
400 euro. Uh, 300 is good, though. 300 is good, and you'll take the 300, Maeve. I will. All right, well done. Maeve Goggin, latest winner on the Cash Cow on Cork's 96 FM, working off with 300 euro. She's back with you there, Fiona. Simon will play again later, and Lorraine will play in the evening. And remember, the 96 FM Cash Cow is with Mahan Point. Catch a movie. Explore over 60 stores and shop till the cows come home on Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, see manpointsc.ie, the cash cow only on Cork's 96FM. We're trying to find Fiona. She's gone off and she's gotten herself lost. Where is she today? Today I am in the centre of a park. There are lots of lovely flowers and a playground. And ahead of me, there's a stage and a museum. Where am I? Okay. 083 396 96 96 with your name and Fiona's location and we'll do our draw before we head out for the day. Cara Bell is a successful novelist. Uh, we've been on she's been on the show with me before. But Cara, you're turning your attention to to business people about writing the story of their own business for a special creative writing class. Tell me about this. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's for Network Ireland West Cork, um, which is a group of women um, that support each other, network, you know, promote their own businesses. So they kindly asked me to give a small workshop really on, you know, helping people to write their business story. Um, so that's that's what I'm going to do next week. Because we all have... Every business person has a story about how they built their business, what their business is about. But I guess putting it together on a, a single or two or three sheets of paper, there's a there's a journey between brain and, and writing it down, isn't there? Absolutely. And I suppose my job really, I'm an English teacher as well in a secondary school. So, I mean, this is kind of what I do on a daily basis. But, you know, my big thing would be to keep it simple, keep it engaging, you know, not to go on and on about certain things. There's a certain skill and my huge thing would be editing. Um, But I mean, that's what I'm going to be talking about really is, you know, keeping it accessible and inclusive for everybody um, and interesting. Because when you're writing about something that you're passionate about, you'll put in stuff that actually, with all due respect, nobody cares about. So you need to know what is important, what will get read, the best way to write it, and what people actually care about. There's work in that. Absolutely. And I mean, again, it's the redrafting is everything because when I started, I was self-published. And then when I signed with Poolbeg, I worked with an editor for six books and you really learn, you know, how to, you know, bring things down to what they need to be. Um, So that's hopefully what I'm going to try and transmit to the ladies now next week when I speak to them. But again, like we're living in a world of, you know, instant gratification. You click on a screen and you have information. So people get bored very easily now more so than ever. So my goal will be to try and get, you know, really snappy, um, you know, blogs, award applications, whatever they need and get the, give them the tips and the skills to do that. Yeah. And it's, is it free? Uh, no. So it's free for, if you're a member, it's free. But if you're a non-member, it's 15 euro and you can get your tickets on Eventbrite. So if you just search Network Ireland West Cork or the name of the event, which is Write Your Best Story, you'll be able to get the tickets there. But it's on Zoom at 7.30 next 
Thursday, the third of March. Okay. How's your own writing going? You mentioned you just yeah you know, six books. I mean, when I yeah. talked to you, you were, yeah. you were still very early. Six books and and six yeah. very yeah. successful books. You, you mentioned working with an editor, and any author I've ever talked to about this, you know, sometimes you give your book to an editor, and once you get back, it's a shadow of what you gave them, and you have to be okay with that because they know what people will read. Yeah, they do. But I mean, mine, we actually work together. It's a very collaborative thing. And, you know, and we don't argue about certain points, but no, my editor Gay is great. And, you know, my recent book, they're all kind of based linked to Cork. So yeah. um, it's lovely, actually. And the, the the latest book starts in the 90s in Cork in Sir Henry's. Do you remember that club was in do it? I, and, well, you know, all that. There. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no way. Yeah. So, like, that's in it. And the smell, the smell of the Beamish factories you walked past. Yeah. So, it's all in there. So, it's a real nostalgia um, thing. So, I'm really delighted. The only problem is that um, I spoke to you, I think, for my fourth book, but my fifth and my sixth have both come out during um, lockdowns and mm. the pandemic and all of that. So, yeah, it's been tough. But you know what? People are still reading and it's great. It is, and we're, we're again, there's a reading event, there's a re- reading day going on at the moment, isn't there? Ireland Reads, I saw the hashtag on, yeah. on social media. Is it the whole month of March or is it just, pe- just to encourage people to read? We're coming into springtime now, the evenings, and there's nothing nicer in the springtime, Cara, than sitting in the evening oh, yeah. sun reading a book. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, we love World Book Day and all of that, you know, everything and will be coming up and yeah, just to celebrate it and really, you know, yeah, read books and support Irish authors, you mm. know, um, there's a lot of us there and, you know, we're great. I'm a massive fan of Irish authors. I'm, I'm a big crime. I'm a big crime writing fan, I will say. Oh, but but I, I think the word Irish crime and mystery is among the best mm. in the world. And moreover, the women of Ireland are writing some incredible crime and mystery. But seeing yeah. as you're writing about Sir Henry's, I have to, I have to see this book. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's about the music world, actually. So actually, you might enjoy it. I yeah. would certainly enjoy <laughs> Cara, good luck with, with your own writing and good luck with the event, which yeah. is called Write Your Best Story, Creative Writing Masterclass, uh, Thursday, March 3rd on Zoom. Go to eventfright.ie. It's free if you're a member of the Network Ireland West Cork. It's 15 quid if you're not. Eventbrite.ie. For more details, thank you, Cara. 0818 96 96 96. Just listening to Tara Australia, someone said, When I was a little girl, because everyone referred to Australia as down under, my friends and I thought if we kept, if we kept digging, we'd get there. So we dug for hours and I think everybody did I remember being in Barley Cove on my holidays as a little fella and you'd get into a sand dune with a shovel and you'd go and you could you'd sit in the hole and you could stand in the hole and there'd be what I might eventually get I think everybody thought that way at one point I really do thank you 0818969696 now we can go out again we can go to theatre we can go to shows, we can go to the cinema. And the Cat Club are putting on a feast of entertainment for us. I think Dolores Mannion, to, to celebrate that apart from anything else, Dolores, the artistic director of the Cat Club, how are you doing? Doing very well, PJ, thank you. Good to speak with you. It's, it's a great time that we can actually go out and be entertained again because we missed it so much. 
Yeah, and we miss performing. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I suppose last night was a great night for us because we launched our creative empowerment uh, program, which is um, made up of ten program, uh, ten plays, ten new productions actually to to Cork. So we're we're thrilled about that. Are these all new productions? They're all new productions. They mightn't be absolutely new plays, but they've never been seen in Cork. I think two of them have never been seen in Cork. All the other ones are new work, new work altogether. Yeah, you've one of my favourites coming up in there. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Irene Kelleher. Oh my God, yes, yeah, she's coming with Wake. Uh, on the 29th of March until Saturday the 2nd of April and we're delighted. She's part of the Creative Empowerment Programme. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're all very strong. It is, you know, I mean, Irene, I, I'm thrilled that Irene is one of the ones coming in. Uh, but we have um, Dominic Moore is, do- is doing a piece. Um, I'm doing one myself. Uh, we have um, we have which, which one on um, coming in um, through Saoirse Arts, which is a disability mm-hmm. uh, with Cope Foundation. And last night we had um, a 10 minute video of all, not of all the productions, but of each artist talking about, you know, how the pandemic affected them and what this award means to them. Yeah. Um, and so Sir Arts uh, did their little video and it really just moved my heart. And it's about, you know, um, Kieran Birmingham is going to, to direct ah, them. And uh, my, so my there's, there's a professionalism friend. there. Brilliant. Yeah. And um, just saying, you know, I will be visible. You will hear my story, yeah. you know. Just my heart just went out and they were absolutely fabulous. So, yeah, mm. it's, we, we are so, so... Excited. So tickets for this, is there? Is it a season ticket operation or can you go to individual shows? Well, I think we're going to do a season ticket um, for 10 shows for €100. Euro. Each show is uh, is um, €15 euro normally. But you could get all 10 shows for €100. Euro, um, and uh, we're hoping to do that. Okay. And it, it, it's, it's opening when? When is the first show on stage? The first show is on March 15th. Um, and that is Stacy by uh, Jack Thorne. That's that's. Uh, it's it, it's not a new play, but it's the first time it will be done in Cork. Excellent. Okay. Now there's something else. You're a woman of many parts. What's this about you doing thirty k steps? Thirty k steps. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> I have my sources. <laughs> what are you at? I do. Well, you know, I had a, I had put on a bit of weight. PJ, right? And I tell you, steps steps don't make you lose weight. Right. It's what we put in our mouths, put on the weight. But as part, I'm, I, I kind of joined Slimming World. Now, I'm not trying to, to, to um, but I did lose six stone in Slimming World. And part mm-hmm. of that was was doing 30 steps, uh, 30,000 steps every, every day. 30,000 steps every day? That's, 30, a lot of, that's a lot of no, walking. yeah. I do a lot of what I do it every morning. I see. Maybe it's three thousand steps. Is and ca- and Cara I don't know how. Uh, I do three kilometers every morning on the treadmill. Fast, ah, good low, for you. fast, slow. Ah, good yeah, for you. Yeah, Cara, yeah. Cara Bell is involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's a great great event. And-
I don't know where she's gone. <laughs> All right, good luck to everyone at the Cat Club with that. Cork Arts Theatre, a feast of new productions by Cork artists. And in particular, delighted to see Irene Kelleher back there. Um, she had Mary and Me and she had uh, Finding Havisham at the Cork Arts Theatre a couple of years ago. And I'm a big fan. So I'll be looking forward to that one in particular. All right, where are we going with the Furniture Centre? Line one. Now let's play this back, all right, one more time. Today I am in the centre of a park. There are lots of lovely flowers and a playground. And ahead of me, there's a stage and a museum. Where am I? Okay, Diana, where is she? I think she's in Fitzgerald's Park. She's in Fitzgerald's Park, yeah. They're they're really easy, but they're for fun. (laughs) All right, so 500 euro voucher for you from the Front Centre on Watercourse Road. You're today's winner. Put you back on to Fiona so we can get a bit more detail from you. That's Diana Collin, today's winner. We'll have another one tomorrow and another one on Thursday. Oh, yeah, uh, this is right. uh, Yeah, Carabel is doing this 30k uh, for the mercy as well um, and she tells us her husband was recently diagnosed with cancer and his cancer journey is on, ongoing and she's devo- devoting her time to raise money for the mercy for Cancer Connect and for Ark House. Uh, he's so young we just want to raise some awareness and she's in her Facebook profile she's wearing a green dress so people can uh, find her there and make a donation. Put in Carabelle and you'll find her. And to Dolores who's doing her her steps every morning. God, it's a busy one today. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie We've got thousands, thousands. and thousands, thousands and thousands of euro to give away. Moolah, can you milk from the Cork's 96FM cash cow? Get the morning password with Casey and Ross from 6am. Then listen across the day for your chance to play. Play. Take on the Cork's 96FM cash cow. To win Mega Moolah. Win Mega Moolah. With Man Point for fashion, film, food and fun. Don't wait till the cows come home. Get moving to Man Point. See manpointsc.ie only on Quartz 96 FM. Quick reminder before we head out the gap, if you've got a new smartphone or a new tablet, it should have the app on it. At this stage, everyone should have the app on it. The Quartz 96 FM app. Download it from either the uh, Apple Store or the Google Play Store. And not only will you find the radio station there, but that's only the start of it. Because what's also there is the Hit Mix and the Fit Mix and the Premier League and all of our podcasts, because we do the podcast of the show every day. That's available to you. The full show is available in or around mid-afternoon, early to mid-afternoon. But there's also a few bits that come out of the show every day. We call them podcast extras. And we make them available to you uh, from us early as half past 12 and watch out for them and that's it, the programme edited by Fiona Corcoran produced and researched by Fergal Barry watch out for the podcast and we'll see you tomorrow just after 9